This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never podcast. I am your host, Natalie Bromley, but the headliner for this week, as ever, is Statman Dave. Dave Roberts, welcome back to week four. It's great to be back. Yeah, thanks, Natalie. It's um, back to the stats again this week. It is, and I do love this preview show. And I've got to say, I'm really pleased with how many of you are downloading and watching and listening to the preview show and sending us some generally great feedback about how much you're loving this. So thanks, guys. Keep it coming. This week, it's Liverpool at home, Saturday, 31st of August at 5.30pm and this week we are live on Sky Sports where their Saturday night show. Um, so Dave, before we get going and we start looking at the Liverpool game, um, we have to deal with the small matter of our quiz question answer. Um, in our Wolves preview show last week, we asked the listeners, in February 2007, Burnley played Wolves in a match at Monu, which ended in a 2-1 defeat. Chris McCann scored Burnley's goal, but which two future Clarets played? Sorry, which two future Clarets players scored for Wolves that day? Um, go on, Dave. Let us know what was the answer to that one. Well, of course, you knew the answer to this one, Natalie, didn't you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the two players were Michael Kitely and Stephen Ward. A few people have Excellent. said Sam Vokes, but I think you've said Sam Vokes, I think, as well. Uh, but no, he, did. he didn't score that day. It was uh, Michael Kitely and Stephen Ward on the score sheet for Wolves. And obviously both went on to have uh, very good careers with uh, Burnley in later years. Exactly. Well, our very own George Poole did guess Michael Kitely correctly, but he went for Sam Vokes as well. Um, let's have a look. Mitch Taylor said, Blake and Lafferty definitely scored for Burnley. Darren Gibson for one of the Wolves goals. Can't remember much more apart from Blake and Gray up top. So, um, Mitch, no, you got those completely wrong. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else actually guessed right there. Let's have a look. Uh, no, everybody else I went on to be fuming about the Wolves results. So, um, But well done to anybody who did get those quest questions right. I'm sorry, there are no prizes. 
just the delightful glory of knowing that you got Dave's question right. So, Dave, let's let's have a look at Liverpool away. Um, tell us about who we're playing. Uh, we're playing Liverpool. Uh, they were founded in 1892 to play at Anfield. Um, City neighbours Everton have just vacated the ground due to a rent dispute and uh, Liverpool Football Club was effectively formed to play at the empty ground where Everton had played previously. Um, they joined the Football League in the following year for the start of the 1893-94 season. Gosh, I bet Liverpool fans hate that statistic. Uh, what about nicknames? Uh, well, Liverpool have been known as the Reds, or Red Men, for as long as anyone can remember. Um, but in the club's early years, they actually played in blue and white half shirts. Uh, thankfully Ooh. for them, they saw sense and switched colours in 1896. Uh, they've played in red shirts and, as their home kit ever since. Uh, but it wasn't until 1964 they took a decision to switch to an all-red home kit, including the shorts and socks, and that was led by uh, manager at the time, Bill Shankly. OK, well, let's have a look at the team in more detail. Who's their all-time goal scorer? Uh, yeah, again, it's one that uh, well most people will have heard of and know. Um, Ian Rush is their all-time goal scorer. He scored 346 goals in 602 matches between uh, 1980 and 1996. He had two spells um, at the club. He was away at Juventus, wasn't he, in between. Um, although he didn't score in a competitive match against Liverpool, uh, he did score five goals in a couple of friendly matches that were played at Turf Moor, um, including a hat-trick in July 1985. And uh, Liverpool's all-time high goal scorer in competitive matches against Burnley, this is home and away, is Harry Smiler Chambers. Um, he played for the Reds between 1919 and 1928, and he scored nine times against Burnley in that time. Excellent. And what about heaviest Burnley defeat? Uh, yeah, there's been a few actually. We're, again, we're talking just about <laughs> the game that uh, <laughs> just just the games at Turf Moor. Um, uh, there's actually four matches going back uh, in the past where Liverpool have won by a margin of four goals. Uh, two five-one defeats for Burnley and two four-nil defeats. The most recent of those was a four-nil defeat in April 2010. That confirmed our relegation back to the Championship after the club's first season in the Premier League. Oh, is, these are not good stats, are they? Um, what about Burnley's biggest? Sorry, the biggest Burnley win. Uh, well, we can match that again for the uh, home games at Turf Moor. Burnley have had just one. Uh, victory by four goals over Liverpool at Turf Moor. You've got to go back quite a way for it. It's uh, Christmas Day 1926, uh, and that was a 4-0 win. Uh, Joe Devine and Burnley's all-time top uh, goal scorer George Beale, scored two goals each in that win. That's better. Uh, what about Burnley's last win? What happened then? Uh, yeah, a good one, this one. Uh, Sam Vokes and Andre Gray both got on the score sheet in a 2-0 win at Turf Moor, and that was a Premier League match in August 2016. Um, and that's Burnley's last home win against Liverpool. Um, but there was another very memorable FA Cup win in January 2005, thanks to a rather bizarre backheel goal from uh, Jimmy Traore, you may remember. I do, I remember it well, and uh, oh, how we laughed at that goal. I think that was probably Burnley's only chance of ever scoring in that game. I think we could still be playing now and not put them all in, in, on our own in the back of the net. Uh, what about the manager? Tell us who he is. Uh, yeah, Liverpool are managed by the enigmatic 52-year-old German Jurgen Klopp, uh, who could perhaps be described as one of the more likeable characters from the foreign legion of managers we've seen in the Premier League in recent seasons. Uh, he took over from uh, Brendan Rodgers in October 2015, and uh, despite improving Liverpool, 
he didn't actually deliver any silverware until this uh, last season just gone. Um, he was obviously manager when they won the 2019 Champions League final over Spurs, uh, which took place back at the start of June. What about last season's meeting day? What happened then? Uh, that was back in November. Um, and although we took the lead through Jack Cork, he scored a goal in the 54th minute. Uh, Liverpool did hit back with goals from James Milner and uh, Roberto Firmino. Uh, with time running out, we were pushing for an equaliser. It looked like Ben Mee might just snatch it. He had a header. Um, Alisson made a, a really acrobatic save, pushed the ball onto the crossbar. Um, and then almost immediately after that, he started a move which led to a, a breakaway third goal for Liverpool. And the 3-1 scoreline really flattered the visitors. I thought Burnley were in there at the end and looked like they might get uh, a point, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, I agree. I'm still gutted about that result. It should have been should have been 2-2, 2-1, 2 Yes, 2-2 it would have been. My maths evaded me then for a brief moment. Uh, what about head-to-head stats, Dave? OK, in terms of overall games, uh, again, we're talking about just games at Turf Moor here. Uh, last season's meeting was the 50th uh, overall in all competitions. And the record stands at played 50, uh, Burnley have won 23, drawn 12 and lost 15. And if you narrow that down just to top flight uh, matches uh, at home, um, it's played 41, won 19, drawn 9 and lost 13. Excellent stuff. Um, who, what about players? Who's played for both teams, Dave? Uh, not that many, actually. There's only really a handful of players who've uh, represented Burnley and Liverpool since the Second World War. Um, Peter Crouch, John Flanagan, uh, Jim Fennell, um, goalkeeper. I think he only played once for Burnley. Uh, Brian Hall, uh, Danny Ings, Peter Kipax, Les Shannon and uh, lone player Paul Stewart, who uh, wasn't too popular with Burnley fans in his uh, time at the club. Oh, dear. Um and then finally, who's going to be the man in the middle? Tell us about our match referee on Saturday. Yeah, we've got Chris Kavanagh, who's taking charge of uh, the match on Saturday. Um, we'll be hoping for no more debatable last-minute penalties like uh, the week just gone. Um, <laughs> he's only refereed seven uh, Burnley matches in the past, and you'll be pleased to know that only one of those has ended in, in defeat. Uh, that was our trip to um, Goodison Park to play Everton towards the end of last season. His overall record is... Uh, Burnley have won three, drawn three and lost one of his uh, seven previous matches. Excellent. It's a sign, Dave. It is a sign. Um, Well, I just don't believe that you haven't got something tricky up your sleeve. I know you too well, Dave Roberts. Hit us up with your fun, miscellaneous stat of the week. Yeah, stat of the week this week. I've already mentioned one uh, Burnley v Liverpool match, which took place on Christmas Day. That was back in 1926. And this week's stat of the week involves another Christmas Day match from two years later in 1928. Legendary Burnley goalkeeper Jerry Dawson played his last ever competitive match for Burnley and we won uh, 3-2. This was Christmas Day 1928 when they used to play matches on Christmas Day itself. And after his retirement, uh, that was obviously his last game, he went on to join Burnley's coaching staff as well. Good stuff. Um, how are you feeling about Saturday, Dave, given Burnley's really positive start to the season? Do you think we've got any chance of picking anything up? Um, it's going to be a really tough game. We know we know they are whenever the uh, the big sides come to Turf Moor. We have had results. We know we're capable, on, capable of it on the day. Um, Ashley Barnes is obviously scoring goals for, for fun. It's not going to be uh, easy by any means, but Liverpool are going to know they've been in a, a game. And I think... You know, we are getting respect from quite a lot of the managers as well. When you do talk, you know, you listen to the press conferences, uh, the likes of, um, uh, well, Jurgen Klopp certainly in the past has been very complimentary about Burnley, and we do give him a good game. 
whether we get the result on the day, we may need a little bit of luck on our side and uh, maybe them to have an off day. But um, Turf Moor, uh, full house, I imagine, a uh, good crowd behind us. You never know. I think we, we can uh, give them a good game and try and get a positive result. And I think it's about time we met our opposition. This week, we are joined by Jay Riley from the Cop Table podcast. Jay, welcome to the preview show. Hi, Natalie. You're OK? Yeah, we're grand, thanks. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jay. How did you become a Liverpool fan? Well, to be honest, just growing up, really, where my dad and my uncle used to take me to the match and, you know, I got the bug and Liverpool have obviously been a very good side, haven't they, over the years. And I'm 40 years of age now and my first ever game was when it was Phil Neal's testimony. I think it was 1985 and, you know, Liverpool actually lost that game to Everton. But even though we lost the game to Everton, I still got the bug and I was always going to be a Liverpool fan because of obviously my uncle and my dad. So, you know, it just went from there, really. And I've had a season ticket now for like over 25 years. And, you know, it's just a massive part of my life. Oh, fantastic. I do love uh, listening to uh, Liverpool fans who do have that bug in them. Um, Do you have any recollection of a Liverpool-Burnley match, one particular one that you remember? Not really, no. I mean, obviously Liverpool have played Burnley quite a bit over the years, but you've spent a bit of time in the lower leagues, haven't you? I do recall when I was a young lad, I went to a game with my dad. It was in the FA Cup and Burnley were in the lower leagues then. And it was actually nil-nil at Turf Moor. And I remember it more so. I mean, nil-nil is obviously a poor game of football, isn't it? Because there's no goals involved. <laughs> I remember it more for like a little bit of trouble, to be honest with you, after the match. Um, when we were going back to to the car, um, but like there is a little bit of a rivalry between Liverpool and Burnley, I think, with the fans. You know, I mean, on the pitch, not so much, but certainly off the field, it is with the supporters. Yeah, there is. It, it comes down to the seventies, doesn't it? When Burnley had that golden spell, and, and we were actually starting to to be in Europe and win the old first division. I think it it does come back from there. Um, well, looking looking at your own team, Jay, what what did you think of Liverpool's transfer market this summer? I mean, a lot of people actually talk about transfer inactivity. I'm not sure whether Klopp needed to do any more to add to his squad, given just how good you were last year. But what was your overall view of it? I mean, obviously, would I like Liverpool to have signed a couple more players just to add, you know, to the group of players we've already got, but. You've got to consider we did win the European Cup last season. We also got 97 points in the league. Just unfortunate to bump into a freakish team of like Manchester City <laughs> where, you know, we only lost one game all season, ironically, to Manchester City. Yeah. So to get 97 and not win the league it's a bit sickening really but it just goes to show testament to how good Liverpool's group of players really are under Klopp um, it would have been you know that said it would have been nice to sign another probably attacking addition because we did lose Daniel Sturridge and I know he wasn't the player that he once was he's got his move now to Trabs on Spore and good luck to the lad but I think Liverpool are putting a little bit of hope on the young kid Brewster um, I know Jurgen Klopp really likes him, but he hasn't really featured much lately. He hasn't been getting, he hasn't even been brought on in any of the three games so far or the Super Cup game. So it surprised me a little bit, but I think because the likes of Salah, Firmino and Mane touch wood, they very rarely get injuries, so they're quite dependable really. So we don't really need that little extra option. And Klopp's probably just thought, well, what's the point? I mean, Liverpool were interested in Pepe, who went to Arsenal, but £72 million to sit on Liverpool's bench. Liverpool weren't really going to spend that type of money. I think we were looking more around the £40 million mark. 
And the way Klopp is, he's very meticulous in the transfer market. So he's just decided to keep the powder dry and, you know, see how we go with the group of players that he trusted from last season. And then if we have to change something in January, or, you know, I'm sure we will do next summer. But I think at this moment in time, he's happy with the group that he's got. Oh, fantastic stuff. Um, turning to the weekend's fixture then, Jay, what Burnley player out of our squad do you fear the most, if there is one? Well, I think the obvious one's Ashley Barnes up front, because he's, he's had quite a remarkable goal-scoring record, hasn't he, since the turn of the year. I think he's up there with the likes of Mane and Salah, for, you know, Wilbermeyang for the amount of goals. Quite incredible, really. I mean... I think he's been given a little bit of unfair criticism in the past to say he's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a dog up front. But I think he saw he's, he's, he scores some really good goals and he's certainly a danger man. He's one to keep an eye on. He doesn't just score, you know, the the, the sort of like the sour and presence type of goals. He actually scores quite good goals with his feet as well, and he's a poacher really as well. So I do think he's a very good player, very dangerous and. My concern in this game really is the fact that we've suffered an injury to our goalkeeper, Allison. He's going to be out for a couple more weeks yet and he certainly won't be available for the game of Turf more on Saturday. And I think that's an area where Burnley will try and you know, bombard Liverpool a little bit. I know I've just said there, Ashley Barnes is not just about being a target man, but I think that's one area where you might bombard Liverpool and... You know, Adrian's done really well. He obviously he was the hero in the Super Cup final, but he's got an accent in him. You know, the one against Southampton was a shocker, really, where Danny Ings scored, and he also nearly done another one against Arsenal, where Aubameyang just hit it. Oh, uh, you know, it just went a little bit wide, but he came rushing off his line. It was poor clearance, really. So I do think that's an area where Dyche will try and target Liverpool. I just hope that Liverpool can get a few the other end, though. What about the rest of the season, then, Jay? What are your hopes for Liverpool? And, and I guess following on from that, where do you think both Liverpool and Burnley will finish in the table? Well, I've, I've got a lot of respect for Burnley because, and certainly Sean Dyche as well, because you know he's he's got a, a way, a set way of playing. And it's massively effective to the way Burnley are. And the very difficult side to play against. Last season, really struggled at the start of the season. And I think that's down to the Europa League campaign. Because when you start so early in pre-season, it has a massive knock-on effect to your Premier League games. And it just, you know, you really struggled at the start of last season. But then at the turn of the year, which coincided the way Ashley Barnes as well on the goal-scoring run as well, you know, you picked up, didn't you? And you were, you were comfortable in the end. And you've had a decent start this season. I mean, unfortunate at the weekend to concede such a late penalty to Wolves. Um, gave a good account to yourselves against Arsenal at the Emirates. And had a good win on the opening day, didn't you? Against Southampton, 3-0. So, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, I've got a lot of respect for the way Burnley play. It's going to be a difficult game for Liverpool. Liverpool, uh, an unbelievable team. This is a very special Liverpool side. You know, last season, as I said, won the European Cup. So unlucky not to win the league. And the aim this season is to win one of the two big trophies. You know, personally, it's been such a long time since we... We last won the league and I'd love Liverpool to win the Premier League but it's going to be really tough I know at the moment we're ahead of City but City are just an amazing team under Guardiola um, I'd be happy with another European Cup win to tell you the truth but we've got to be looking at winning one of them two major trophies this season but preferably I'd like to win the Premier League Yeah I think you will actually I think City's uh, all focus will be on the Champions League this year. I think this is your season for sure. Um, just to, to pin you down to actual stats, given this is our stats show, um, league position finish for both Burnley and Liverpool? I'm going to have to be positive and optimistic, aren't I? And I've just said yeah. there, Man City, really <laughs> tough. I'm going to say Liverpool to win the league, finally. 
Um, yeah. And, and as, as, <laughs> as regards Burnley, I mean, I, I mean, I think there is the top six. Manchester United, to me, don't convince me, and they're the team that you would probably be in. Being a Burnley fan, being an Everton fan, being a Leicester fan or a Wolves fan, they're the type of team that you've got to be aiming at if you want to break into the top six. But I do think the top six will probably remain the same. Mm. I think Burnley certainly finishing the top half, you know, maybe maybe around about ninth, I'll say for Burnley. Oh, wow, excellent. That's fantastic. God, you're definitely a friend of the show, Jay. We had a Wolves, a Wolves preview last week. Our Wolves fan um, guest showed no mercy and just went, yeah, you're going down. Like wow, ouch! <laughs> that was that was harsh. Um, okay, well we'll we'll leave this this week, Jay, with a final score prediction. What do you think the score will be on Saturday? Honestly, I mean, last season it's a very very tricky place to go, Turf Moor, and last season. Really, Liverpool. You know, Alisson made an unbelievable save, and Liverpool oh, yeah. on the counter went and scored, and that was that was a game changer for me. And because we haven't got Alisson at the weekend, I do think it's going to be really tough. And I'm not the type of fan where I think Liverpool are going to just going to steamroll teams and win every single game. You know, Liverpool do win a lot of games of football. There's no doubt about it. Last season we won 30, I was a 38, but a, you know, a very good side, formidable team to play against. But I do think there's certain places that are tough, and Turf Moor is certainly one of them places. It would not surprise me one little bit if it ended up a draw on Saturday evening. And I think all things considered, because Adrian's in goal, and that's not to say I don't think he's he's a good goalkeeper. I just don't think he's anywhere near to the levels of Allison. So it does leave that little bit of uncertainty in the defence for me. And I've got a feeling it could be a 2-2 draw. Oh, God, that would be fantastic. We'd definitely take that. Jay, thank you so much for joining us on the preview show. Um, we hope, wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Um, listeners, that is Jay Riley at the Cop Table podcast. Some really great guys. We do a lot with them, so do check them out if you get a chance. let's move away now from looking at the game at the weekend and move on to the all-important matter of the Fantasy Premier League. Um, Dave, we are now at the end of week three of our league and we just want to know what's going on at the top here. Who's leading the pack? Well, we've got a no move at the top. Uh, Tom Mitchum, who's a TTRRD. Did we ever find out what that stood for? No, we didn't. He didn't tweet us. <laughs> Tom, well, please listen and tweet us. <laughs> well, he's retained his lead at the top of the table anyway. He's now got 214 points. and He's actually opened up a lead. He's got a 13-point lead over a new second-place team, and that's Tom Durham's Gangsters Allardyce on 201 points. Wow, I do like that. Gangsters, I like that. There's some very clever names, I think, um, with, with, with fantasy football. It's definitely an art, don't you think? I'm not definitely. that clever, so I, can't, <laughs> I never come. Although I think mine's quite good. Mine are the Dingle Bells. Which I think is quite cool. Quite not bad. Yeah, not bad. that's not bad. Uh, sorry, I, I interrupted you. Then carry on, Dave. <laughs> what, is, what else uh, is it looking like? Yeah, moving on to third place. That's uh, Lewis Gillow, and he's very confidently named PL Champions nineteen twenty. Um, he's on two hundred points, so just one point behind uh, Tom du- Tom Durham in second. Um, looking down the table, it looks like Matthew Dent's team, Bob Lord's Butchers, were the high scores in game week three with uh, seventy seven points. Excellent. Now, I'm trying to look at where I am. Um, oh, Third from oh, what? <laughs> so, listeners, again, in a league that's got 150, 160 players in it, 
I'm 157th. What? That's not very good. I only I didn't get very many points last week, actually. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that much getting much better. Dave, whereabouts are you sat? About three places higher than you, I think. Oh, excellent. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, I'm just trying to find out for you, listeners, and apologies. I should have done this before I came on the air, but I am trying to find who is performing the best in terms of team no nay never now we all know that last week's best place finisher was uh, Richard Steele and in fact he is still top of the no nay never pile so uh, count on me Richard Steele in 80th, 80th place with 161 points is still top of the um well, the whole team no nay never's performance um so Dave let's let's have a look at keep looking at other uh, at stats for the the Fantasy League. Who was in the dream team this week? Any Burnley players? Uh, we didn't have any Burnley players in there, no. Uh, Mo Salah, Liverpool, was a high-scoring player overall. He had 15 points. We'll be hoping to keep that score down at the weekend. Um, but Ashley Barnes is continuing his good run. He's now on 25 points overall. And more and more managers seem to be picking him. He's now up to uh, 8.7% of wow. managers having in their squad. That's well up from last week. Uh, and not far behind Nick Pope. He's uh, the most selected Burnley player with uh, 9.7% of managers. Excellent. And what's the summary then? Give us a, a good final final summary of our league performance, Dave. In terms of the, the Burnley players generally? Yeah, I mean, how are, are we still got... Is it still Ashley Barnes leading the pack, or have we got anybody else coming up? Um, I've, I've not got the totals behind. I know Ashley Barnes is definitely the, uh, the high-scoring uh, Burnley player oh, right. in there. Um, and it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, you, you want consistency, consistency from players. You've got them in there. It's not no good um, shining for three weeks and then tailing off. You need consistency over the weeks. Dwight McNeil's doing reasonably well. He's getting some assists in there as well. So uh, in, in, he's uh, uh, had a reasonably good start to the season in there. But I think it's a case of trying to push on and maybe judge it over 10 weeks rather than uh, judging it over, over three and you know, maybe trying to use too many of your transfers too early. Good stuff. I like that advice, David. But what do I know? No, I, yeah, don't do what I'm doing either. I still haven't selected a captain. That's how useless I am. Um, well, it is still obviously early days, as Dave says, so um, we will keep checking back each week and just try and highlight the best performances from the Burnley squad and to see which one of you lovely listeners are leading the pack in the all-important race for the No-Never League title. Um, and finally... Um, we end this week's preview show with our listener question. Um, a quiz question that our Statman Dave sets for you each week to test your knowledge of either Burnley or this week's opposition. So, Dave, hit us. What's this week's question? Okay. Um, in February 1983, uh, Burnley reached the semi-finals of the League Cup, which was known as the Milk Cup that season, for its sponsorship from the Milk Marketing Board. After losing the first leg against Liverpool 3-0 at Anfield, Burnley won the second leg at Turf Moor by a goal to nil. But who scored the Burnley goal? Ooh, that is a good one. That's going to test people's knowledge. Um, Dave, let our listeners know how they can um, get in touch with us to submit their answers. Yeah, if you want to tweet us at Never or post on our Facebook page, we'll uh, have a look on there. And if you get it right, we'll try and uh, read out some of the correct answers uh, on next week's, well, it won't be next week, preview, it'll be another week, won't it? So we've got the internationals in between. But on the next show, we'll uh, we'll mention that and see who's got the answer right. 
We certainly will, which brings us quite nicely to the end of the show. That is all we have time for in this preview show. Dave, they just go so quickly these days. They do, they do. They really do. Um, we will be back um, on Tuesday with a reaction to that Liverpool game at the weekend. And Dave and I will be back a week on Friday. Obviously, we've got the international break to have a look ahead at Brighton away. Um, Godspeed to all Clarets travelling to Turf more from wherever you are at the weekend. Let's cheer the boys on and carry on this fantastic start to season we've had and bring those three points home. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.